Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, this is Dean, and welcome to this month's podcast. I hope you've been having a great summer. I uh, just want to dive right into our topic for this month, and we're talking about being a reactive or responsive leader and choosing the right one. And so as we initially look at these two, both of them are a, a reply to something said, to something done, to a problem or a given situation, but they are unique and distinctly different. I can react to an email or I can respond to an email. I can react to an accusation or I can respond to an accusation. And so let's talk about react and a, a reactive response uh, first and that, that, that behavior. Typically, a reactive behavior is action taken without sufficient thought or planning. We truly just, a ball is thrown at us and we put our hand up and we catch it. We didn't really say, the ball is coming, I'm going to catch it, put your hand up, okay? It just, it's a reaction. And typically, um, it's done without sufficient thought or planning. So in the workplace, it's it's one of the key causes of, of a poor work performance, of challenged relationships, and poor communication skills. And what's interesting is one of the uh, uh, definitions for the word react is to exert a reciprocal or counteracting force or influence. So if if uh, we feel threatened verbally or someone makes an accusation or or why didn't you do that, our first our first way that we want to uh, uh, come back at that accusation or that question is is to react. I'm going to tell you that's usually not our, our best response because a reaction is typically a pushback to the pressure or the force we're sensing, and it's usually not the best path. Another definition of react is to act in opposition to a force or influence, usually used with against. And that we, so we're opposing that with a a counteractive force. And so reactive behavior is immediate and it's without conscious thought, like it's kind of a, a knee-jerk kind of response. And here is a big one that defines reactive behavior. Reactive behavior is often driven by our emotions. Example, you get an email Sunday afternoon about something you said in your ser- in your sermon or something that happened in the service, and boom, you are ready to react. You, The words are there. You could fly off. You can set the record straight. You could blast that email back out, but it is an emotional defensive reaction. Um, potentially your spouse makes a statement that you disagree with or you feel like is an accusation. And if you're not careful, you're boom, you're going to react and you feel threatened. So you're going to push back with counteractive force. It's we react. And we all know that that doesn't typically go well for us. Well, in the leadership realm, 
I often see leaders making foolish decisions as they are continually just reacting to the circumstances around them. They're running around putting out fires, but they've never stopped to slow down and contemplate what is the source of these fires. Well, I'm having to take care of this situation. I'm running over here. I got to take care of this. And this person said this, and I got to take care of that. And, and they're not and they're just reacting in ministry, and they're not giving some thought. And so a reactive leader is often a worn-out leader. A reactive leader is typically a defensive leader, and a reactive leader is most likely losing people on his or her team because they are struggling in the relationship, they are struggling to unify and to connect. Now let's talk about a responsive leader uh, and, and the differences there. Uh, the definition of respond is to say something in return, but watch this, to show a favorable reaction. And so a response implies thoughtful action that considers both long and short-term outcomes in the context of the situation at hand. So reactive behavior is I'm going to I'm going to do a quick response to what I see happening. A a response is going to process analyze both if I respond this way in the short term what is going to be the long term effect. And so here's the big separation. A response is not based on emotion, but it's assessing the facts, it's looking at the big picture and analyzing the options and the best way to respond. And for most of us, a reaction is defensive. And likewise, a response is going to be a more balanced reply. So let me give you an example. Uh, you're, walking, you're walking down a trail, and uh, um, just there's a small hill in front of you, and over the ridge, over the small hill on the trail, comes a bear in a jog and a trot coming right towards you. Now, if you react... Our first instinct is stranger danger, run, uh, fight, 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 flight, or freeze. Our first reaction is, I see danger, I should turn and run. Well, if you live, as, as I do, in the mountains and you're ever out in nature, they tell you with a bear, with a mountain lion, the last thing you want to do as run is because you now look like prey and you look like a meal. So when we are going to respond, yes, we want to react. Get out of here. Run fast. But as we pause, 1,001, 1,002, what am I supposed to do? 1,003, I'm going to respond how I have been trained. That is, wave my arms yell and scream as loud as I can, jump up and down, add a stick, add my backpack, make myself look as big as possible. And if there's more than of us, if there's more than just me, get the two or three of us together side by side waving so we appear much bigger than the predator that is coming towards us. Secondly, the problem with reactive behavior is that it's likely to be the wrong behavior for the situation. If we think back to Jesus in the garden 
the night he's going to be betrayed by Judas, and and the soldiers come, and and they're there to arrest Jesus, and and Judas kisses him, and and they begin to move forward. Peter reacts. Peter didn't respond. Peter reacted. He pulls out his sword, and he takes a swipe at it towards a guy that we find out his name is Malchus. Now, I thoroughly believe Peter was trying to take his head off or split his head right down the middle, and Malchus kind of dodged it, but Peter missed, and he slices off Malchus's ear. Now, Jesus had told them, my time is coming. You're going to be challenged tonight. Be ready. Be on your toes. But Peter didn't think and process. He simply reacted. And so a a responsive behavior includes those immediate kind of blink flash responses along with more measured responses based on an analysis of the pros and the cons of options and their consequences. And so I'm saying even there might be a call, a decision that you need to make within a matter of seconds or minutes. You don't have a day to process it. But if we'll slow down, here's what it comes down to when we compare that emotional versus rational thinking and how to tell the difference. Um, Telling the difference between reactivity and responsiveness is going to be challenging. And it's necessary to clearly know what it feels like to be driven by emotions and what it feels like to be in the driver's seat managing emotions and applying rational thinking. And so we have to know what these conditions feel like, and so it's going to require of us an emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is simply this. It it requires the level of mindfulness that allows us to step back from our emotions and the feelings that they bring up and view them objectively and not getting caught up in reactivity. It's knowing the difference that there is a choice and responsiveness and not knowing the difference there is reactivity. So our emotions are going to govern it, or we're going to process, be rational, and work through it. So allow me to give you some typical church situations and how we can react and and the and how we can respond to impact the outcome. So I don't know about you guys, but uh, with post-COVID, now summertime, volunteers and making sure every team is filled has been a challenge. And so it comes down to a Sunday morning and several key volunteers are sick, didn't show up, called and said they can't make it. So a reaction It's a display of emotion and frustration, and we give voice to our concerns and fears. Oh my gosh, worship is not going to work without this musician, with they were supposed to lead the song, who are we going to get to lead? Now listen, watch, as a leader, we're influencing our team. We are impacting the people around us and how they are going to either react or respond. When we react with emotion, now all of a sudden, we are influencing the atmosphere. We are stirring up fear, anxiety, stress, 
pressure. They're like, oh no, this is a big problem. This is a huge challenge. Um, maybe it's uh, maybe it's your children's ministry that you know uh, two people called out that we're going to be in one classroom, and and there's no one to teach that one class. If we react, we might make the irrational decision to say, well, we're just going to shut down kids' church. If the volunteers aren't going to be here, parents are just going to have to deal with it. We need to shut it down, and and we're just going to close kids' church. That's a reaction, and it's not our best response. And so we... We have just conveyed to our whole team, the worship isn't going to be good. Our children's ministry isn't going to go well. We could combine classes, but now it's just not going to be the same. So now we've created a negative atmosphere. We've lowered and reduced the expectations of what the ministry is going to take place. And and now the whole Sunday is off. Let me take that and show you how to respond. We hear that two of Two of the people that are volunteers in the same classroom are out. We do not have anybody there. You get that information on a Sunday morning. Here's the difference of a response. Okay, thank you for letting me know. Let's think about this. You slow down. You don't change the look on your face. You just kind of pause, take a deep breath, release some of the tension, some of the frustration of the moment, and uh, realize that this challenge is intended to disrupt the ministry efforts of the day. And we choose to not allow it to do that. So what are we going to do? Number one, we're going to cast vision. How many of team gather around? We're out these two, two teachers. We're out these two people that were over this classroom. How many of you know that God has called us to minister to kids today and to change lives of kids? So let me just say, we're not going to shut down children's ministry just because two people didn't show up. God has called us to minister to them. How many of you agree we can still have quality ministry with, without Janet and, and without Lori, that the children's ministry doesn't live and die whether Janet and Lori are here? Are the rest of you here? You're here. So let's go and let's change kids' lives. Number two, assess your viable options. So guys, let's gather around. What we, we don't have any volunteers for this class. So here we go. Assess our options. Option number one, we can shift volunteers from other classrooms. Take one from each of the other classrooms that has three. We need two in every classroom. We can shift volunteers. Who is on our emergency substitute pinch hit list? Let's see who is available. Can we send out some text? Can we possibly combine this service? Can we combine classrooms so that we can bring these two together? Can we go search the lobby, see who's here that's an approved children's volunteer that's had the background check? Can we pull any of them in? We're going to look at all of our options, and then step three, we're going to implement the plan. What is the best thing to do? What is going to keep us at the highest level of ministry of excellence for today? Another example is maybe you get that email from a troubled or, or concerned member. We can react and we can fire off an emotion-packed, defensive email that ultimately wounds the reader and probably will send them away from your church. Or we can respond 
And if we're going to respond, we sit on that email for a good 22 to 24 hours. We always try and respond to emails within that time frame. We think about the various options. We work through our frustration and emotions with that member, with their spouse, with things they've complained about before, and we focus on the question or the challenge that is at hand. And we try, as we formulate our response, remove all personal feelings. We want to make sure that we aren't being defensive, and we want to acknowledge their concern. And then before we hit send on that email, we want to have a spouse or a staff member read our response before sending it. And sometimes, depending on the timing that an email like that might come in, that maybe it's on a a Thursday night that it comes, and I know I'm taking off on Friday and Saturday, I might send a reply and say, thank you for your email. Let me process your question and put some thoughts together, and I'll get back with you in the next two days. Once again, we're communicating, and we're saying we're acknowledging it, and we're going to do a response. Let me give you an example. We are in the middle of a $1.5 million interior renovation of our building. And we still have a mortgage, and we we still have that going. And a member presented in the last couple of weeks, why are we doing this? Why are we spending more money? Why aren't we paying off the building? Why are now why are we not putting that one point five towards paying off the building and reducing our debt? Why are we moving forward with this project? The way I would respond in that email would be something like this. Hey, dear John, thanks so much for reaching out to me with your comments and concerns. I truly appreciate you coming to me and asking for clarity. That shows maturity, and for that I'm grateful. I hear your heart and concern about our decision to renovate the interior of the building prior to our mortgage being paid off. But we had some of the same thoughts and concerns that you expressed. And as the board and I, I'm not going to go through the rest, but as as we looked at the board and I processed through, here are the key decisions, here are the key factors that led to our decision and our response. And at the end of that, I might say, I appreciate that you your heart once again to contact me. I appreciate that you and I might not see eye to eye, but I love it that you are interested in us being a debt-free church. And I admire that and respect that. But due to our needs in children's ministry and our priority of ministry to children, this is the response that we have taken. I can tell you that comes across much better than a reactive kind of email. So let me break it down as we we rally this together at the end. Reactive decisions tend to be based on emotions. They are driven by emotions like anger and fear, greed or aversion, and sometimes it can appear that we're going to do some analytical thinking and there may be discussion and facts may be looked at But in the end, the decision is made is based on reaction to the emotions rather than the objective realities of the situation. We still reacted even though we slowed down and paused. It's an emotional response. A responsive decision tends to be based upon rational thinking. A rational thinking may take emotion and subject issues into consideration but it isn't the driving force of our decision. So it's taking time to stop 
and answer several questions to avoid reactive decisions and to have a rational response. What are those questions? Number one, do we have all the facts and the data to make a good decision? Number two is on timing. How soon does a decision need to be made? Sometimes we're reacting and we don't need, we're, we're pushing a decision and we really have time on our side. Number three, who needs to be a part of this decision? Whose department does this impact? Do we need the children's ministry in here? Do we need the youth ministry in here? Do we need the outreach pastor in here? Who needs to be a part of this situation? And then what are the possible outcomes of the decision to be made. If we look at the different choices in front of us, the responsive leader is going to gain the trust of the team. The reactive leader is going to lose the trust of your team. So when it comes down to being a reactive or a responsive leader, I challenge you to shift from being reactive too responsive. Make the best choice there. Hey, God bless you guys. Thanks for being a part. Remember, check out DeanHawk.com for all of our free sermon resources and material that are there to help and assist you. God bless you guys. Have a great month. We'll be back next month as we talk about what it means to be an owner in the organization. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.